From the Finley Toyota Studio, it's Coalfield and Company. Very much random, right? I know they're called random, but it was truly random. Dame Lillard, 71 points, and then getting a drug test. I don't know if it was random. It was two days in a row. Back-to-back days. Uh, First time in his career. They make it that obvious? Got to. What drug would you be taking that would allow you to be better scoring? Got to find out. (laughs) Figure it out. Let's test and see what's in there. I know one thing. If uh, Dame Lillard was playing for, like, the... 86 Hawks, he'd, he'd average like 10 points a game. Just, uh, it's just not the same today as it was in my day. Yeah, but then he would be when tested. They played D and they would, well, that's actually, that's a, that's a whole nother can of worms about drug testing. Actually, that wasn't that one of, that was kind of the beginning of serious drug testing. Was, was, 80, was the 86 draft or 87 draft? Which one was Roy Tarpley? Oof. That's when they started getting... Like the 70s and early 80s of freaking unlimited Yayo and everyone's just snorting rails in the NBA, that ended. Well, Cause yes. Because then, then they started drug testing. There was one, I, I know there was one draft where freaking, it was like half the top 10 just did not make it very long in the league. And Tarpley was really good, too. Well, William Bedford, too, wasn't he? A, and obviously, the 86 draft was Len Bias. He died. 80s were a hell of a time. I hear. <laughs> yes. You're very young. <laughs> People have told me. Oh, is that right? You have older friends? Uh, they'd yeah. have to be older than me. Yeah, I'll say you. No, 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 no. That's like Koken's age. <laughs> They're about 10 years older than me. Not me. I'm, a, I'm in high school. Do you know? You Cocaine. were following it. You were paying attention? No. I don't mean you were doing it. I'm saying no. you were you were aware of what was going on. I wasn't. I was like two years old. Like, what is happening? I nailed it, huh? Yeah, good job. I could your, look it up was, myself, but you was know. your prime. We have a we have a vast research crew that <laughs> you were in your prime then. Well, I've told you, Len Bias literally was my favorite player in college basketball. I, and then he was he was gone three or four days after the draft. It was a travesty. I went to a few games in College Park. Did you? Yeah. I don't think I ever saw him in person. I was more a Walt Williams era. That I saw my, him in person. That was my time. I saw him in person. I think it was uh, 90, 91. I got to go to McHale. At the University of Arizona. Actually, I think I saw him twice. I think I saw him at MSG, and then I saw him down at McHale. And uh, Gary Williams was, like, real mean to me. <laughs> he, was, he, was, he, didn't, he didn't respect me as a child media person. He was a pretty angry guy. It's all right. I'll get him back. It all comes full circle when they're old and feeble. I'm like, hey, you remember me? Sure. That's when your child. Will you, will you talk That's to what Le- it is, yeah. Will <laughs> you talk to Lenardi about him? When they're 79 years will old. Will you guys go to dinner when Lenardi's here? I don't think I'm going to dinner with Joe, and I don't think he's coming here. He already said during the interview, Joe Lenardi said... That was a weird question. I'm like, yeah, which region are you going to? He lives in Philly. Like, I like he just automatically because he's the college basketball guy with bracketology. Like, yeah, I'm just gonna go wherever I want. Cofield, I got a charter. ESPN flies me wherever. Yeah, I want to go to Vegas. Let's go. I think he could do that. Is that part of his deal? I'm sure he can get in if he wants to. What's going on with Laurent Bossois? No segue. Day to day, we're all day. Upper, lower, we're all day to day. Lower. Think upper. Okay. You never know what's going on with. So now, team. how much worry is there at goalie? Uh, I would say Make, a lot. making moves here, and I, I, I think they're holding off on getting some insurance at goal. And it's like, hey, we're you know we're good. We go three deep, and now all of a sudden one deep. Um, I would say unless Hachi's good enough to be the two. 
Mikey? I like Hachi. Okay. I like Hachi. For folks who missed the early part of the show, Darren Pan came on and threw out every nickname possible. So for Bruce Cassidy, it was Butchie. We already know Marshy. Now they got Barbie. Uh, yeah, look, the, the the ideal hope here is that he's back very soon. Again, day-to-day. We don't know. It, it could be just a little bit. They're on the road right now uh, getting ready to start in Colorado in just about an hour. Uh, so they needed somebody to come back up just in case because uh, Aiden Hill will get the start. And Logan Thompson's already out for a while. They do hope he comes back at some point. So they needed somebody on the roster just in case. The hope is that he's not going to have to play. That it'll be a couple of days. Aiden Hill can play every game until he gets back. And then Busak can get back in the lineup. Now, you don't know how long an injury could be. It could drag on. It could extend. And then all of a sudden they are forced to play Hutchie a little, a little bit. Uh, but that's obviously not the hope right now. The hope is that he'll be back very soon. Who is Barbashev? He's a guy who's been a solid player. He can do a little bit of everything. He is, you know, the the old the cliche would be the Swiss Army knife type guy, but he's a guy that can get to the you know to the paint in front of the goalie, bother him a little bit. He can make plays outside too, but um, he's really just a you know a strong player. Uh, so hitter had 26 goals a year ago. This year his numbers have been down a little bit, but very versatile guy. I saw someone write up that he could go in to the second line for Amadio. Uh, you could also could he replace Paul Cotter? Because he's playing tonight, I believe, with Eichel, Jackie, and uh, Marshy. I think he's going to be on that line. I like it. You like it. You know you like uh, it. I don't. I don't. I'm doing it because it's obnoxious. Yep. Uh, he's going to be on that line. He, but the, I think the the key for the Knights with acquiring him. Is that he can really play anywhere? You can play on any of the lines. You know, if you put him on the fourth line, it can be just a guy that you know makes hits and, and you know kind of uh, you know plays that role. He can be a guy that's on a scoring line. He can be on any any kind of line that you need him for, and that's what they need right now. They need versatility. They've had to mix and match so much because of injuries. They've only got twelve health, healthy forwards at the NHL level right now. So there's a lot that he can bring in terms of uh, positional versatility. Play either side. Um, there's a lot of things they can do with him. So I think that's part of why they wanted him. He can also kill off penalties, which would be a very important uh, role for him on this team. So I think when they went out and they, you know, they looked at the available options, like do you go get a, you know, a guy that's just a scorer, like a Patrick Kane? Is that is that what you're in the market for? And it sounded like what they thought they needed was a guy that can just be versatile, play anywhere, give them a lot of different options, and that's the way they decided to pursue it. Right now he's just a rental because his contract doesn't end at the end of the year, but um, it sounds like they're open to the possibility of maybe talking about keeping him around long-term. We'll see how he kind of fits in with the team, uh, blends in. But uh, right now, it's like, hey, we need, a, we need a body. We need a guy that can do a lot of different things, and that's where they targeted. All right, what else? What else? Not him. What else? Any more fortifications? I, I don't think they're opposed to it, but I don't think they're going to force anything. I think they're going to ask around, and and sounds like I don't think it's been done yet. Um I haven't seen it. Anything come across? It sounds like the Rangers were clearing a bunch of space for Patrick Kane. Like that is a name that certainly is a saw, is a name out there. I saw a fan with a Rangers Kane jersey on at a game the other day. So yeah, so they've been making They're some moves. They're ready. They've been making some moves trying to make that happen. So uh, that'll be interesting to see. There are you know definitely some names out there that are on the list of p- p- people who could be available. But I don't know that the Knights are going to go out and make a big splash. They've already kind of been looked at for some salary cap <laughs> circumvention in the past. Uh, and right now they've got some space because they've got guys on on LTIR, uh, but they believe that potentially Logan Thompson could be back. They think he will be back, so you're not going to be able to really play games with him. He doesn't make that much anyway. That's you know that's helpful. Uh, the Mark Stone 
case is the one that really gave them some space being on LTIR, but they hope he's back. I don't know that that's going to happen, but they hope that he is. And you don't want to have him come back but not be able to put him back on the ice because you're playing some games with the cap at some point. But they do have some some space. They can make a move if they want to. I just don't think that they're going to force anything. They're going to find guys like this, like Barbie, your guy, uh, they're going to find guys that fit what they need more so than just going out and getting some you know, top-line player because he has a name and, uh, and is splashy. They're, they're just trying to fill some roles right now and maybe a goalie. And I, I think when we talk about goalie, like we, we don't know what the long-term situation for Boussois is. If it's really bad, I think they're going to be in the market for a goalie. But the other reason you might look at a goalie is because the LA Kings are a really good hockey team that needs a goalie very badly. And if you if you could potentially keep them from getting one, right, that might be kind of a double acquisition for you. All right. So this weekend I covered uh, mostly basketball, uh, men's and women's UNLV basketball. I knew you were out at the XFL on Saturday. Don't I started jealous. to read uh, someone calling themselves XFL outsider, saying the XFL needs to be honest with itself that Vegas isn't going to work as a city in this league. There are plenty of cities with fans. That will support spring football and provide a facility worthy of professional football. So, that was actually playing off a Willie tweet where uh, the attendance, he announced attendance was 6,023 for the game. Is that an overreaction too early? Yeah, I think so. For for a couple of reasons. I mean, look, first of all, obviously there was some real complications in terms of finding a venue. Like, that's obvious. Uh, and it wasn't the most ideal place for this to happen. Now, I think they've did, they've done some good things at Cashman and kind of made it work. But people don't first of all, people don't love going down there all the time. People don't aren't familiar with it. One thing. I, I talked to somebody who, you know, kind of grew up going to games at, at Cashman that was telling me I couldn't remember how to get here. Oh wow. Like you know where it is, but you don't yeah. remember the streets that you take to get in the parking lot, that sort of thing. Because if you're not going on the Las Vegas Boulevard entrance, if you're going kind of back on Bruce uh but Butchy. <laughs> we can call it Bruce. You if, you're, if you're going back on Bruce to try to get into that back entrance where a lot of the tailgating stuff was, like, how do you? I, you know, I've gone there so many times. I remembered, but I can see how you don't even remember how to get there. What the proper way to go down there is, and you're not there very often, so it is tough. And let's not forget. Sorry for listeners. We are soft as a, as a community in terms of weather, and people knew what it was going to be, and I think that kept some people away as well. I would say six thousand was kind of impressive for the for the situation. Now. This week is going to be real tough again. There's so many things going on on Saturday. Yep. They're going to keep people away from there. So um, they do have an uphill battle, but I I think that they're trying to build and they're trying to you know get out there in the community and let people know and and you know educate them that it's happening. And I think once people go, like it is a good experience. Now halftime, everybody had to kind of leave or go to the concourse on Saturday because it got nasty out there. It was bad. So I I understand. It, it's completely frustrating, I'm sure, for the XFL people to have, hey, let's get people out here, and then they're going to come back, right? Like, all we needed was to come here. They'll see how great it is. They'll come back, and then you have that experience. Right. And it, to, through no fault of their own, just an unbelievably brutal rainstorm out of nowhere, which never happens. It just so happened in that game. But I, I do think it's a you know family-friendly environment. I think people are going to enjoy it. If you can't afford to go to Raiders game, this is cool. Like it, it's, it's football. It's real football. It's good players. Like All those things are there. So I, I do think that there's you know a chance to succeed. I wouldn't overreact to the first game, and I wouldn't overreact to the second game because there's a lot of factors here too. Um, but you know there's there's possibilities. I wouldn't discount it right now. By the way, you can hear all the games on Raider Nation Radio, all the home games on Raider Nation Radio nine twenty R and R nine twenty AM, 
with uh, Harry Ruiz and Demon doing the analysis work. So uh, another game this weekend coming up against the Seattle Sea Dragons. Correct? Yes. The Sea Dragons. Okay. Josh Gordon? Okay. Yeah. I'm in. There's a lot of big names in this there league. Is. A lot of big names. We're going to talk to Brett Hundley, who's a former NFL quarterback. He's been with a bunch of teams, of course, got to play much of a season behind, or actually played it for Aaron Rodgers when he snapped his collarbone. Ticketmaster.com is where you can get the tickets. And again, Saturday game coming up. Sea Dragon, Seattle team, is in town. So, our daily Derek Carr update, because it got a little bit quiet after the visit to the Jets. I saw a story yesterday where Diana Rossini from ESPN.com said that Derek Carr is looking for a contract that pays at least $35 million annually. And then I saw or heard you listening to Ian Rappaport, who was talking about Carr not necessarily looking for money, but the right fit. So which one is it? I guess it can be both. I want my money, but I want the right fit. Well, they they said right now they're talking about fit, and then they'll get to money afterwards. But she already came out with a report saying he wants at least $35 million a year. So do I. <laughs> Don't you? <laughs> I mean, I would, that's what I want. Uh, it's not going to happen. That's what I would want. So... I mean, that was also right around the number that Daniel Jones threw it out there, right? So I don't, I don't think it's any mistake that these quarterbacks that are available have decided that's what they're going to try to set the market at. And, and this is not the player obviously saying it; it's their agent and talking to people out there. So, um, yeah, I find it, I find it pretty interesting that uh, that came out, and then all of a sudden now it's well, it's not about money; it's about where he fits best. And I think what the, you know, what you can kind of read out of it is that Derek Carr is in Indianapolis, by the way. Good move by him because it's an awesome town to go hang out in. Uh, he's in Indianapolis. He'll talk to a bunch of teams there because they're all there. And it sounds like he wants to try to have something done before the start of free agency. Not a guarantee. But right now, he's the only guy out there in terms of the quarterback carousel that you can actually talk to and negotiate with. So um, try to get something done. I, I'm sure he'll decide where he wants to go and then start talking to them about money. And if it's not right, then he'll open it back up to other teams. I was asked today earlier about Aaron Rodgers. And uh, the person was saying, hey, it sounds like the Raiders might not be interested in Rodgers, they may not be interested in a, the the uh, the quick fix. So what do you think it is now? I, I answered and said, I think it's the bridge to a young quarterback. They're going to have a bridge quarterback. What do you think is more likely? I think there was there was significant interest in Aaron Rodgers after the Tom Brady thing died down, and I feel like it's it's died down a little bit now. Why if, is that? It's died down from who? Because I'll give you more of my answer. I'm giving you what I'm going – I should just say it. My answer was – um, I think that Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler would rather have bridge to young quarterback and Mark Davis would be the one pushing for megastar. Yeah, but I think part of the decision is going to have to come down to how much time do you have? Like if if you tell me I have to win a certain number of games this year, then I'm like, give me Aaron Rodgers then. <laughs> like, let's go. If you tell me I have two or three years to build into what I want to build. Well, then- doesn't doesn't the bridge to the rookie quarterback give them the time? In some ways, There's a lot but, more pressure on them to win right away with Aaron Rodgers and fix their problems. True, but I, That's I mean, it's a tougher I, job. Yeah, but I, I think if you're, you know, if you tell me if you tell me you're going to get Aaron Rodgers, like now that's that's my chance to maybe win ten games. If you get me, if you tell me it's going to be whoever uh, Jacoby Brissett, now success is measured in a different way. You're right, but is 
if if I get Jacoby Brissett, I would say seven wins is probably a great season. So is that enough? Like, do I keep my job if I win seven I think games? they're between a rock and a hard place because unlike you, if Rodgers gets them to 10 or 11 wins, I think they can go to the Super Bowl. It gets them in the mix. Now, will their defense be good enough? Like a high-level defense? No. Can they fix some other problems? Yes. Yes. I'm not as negative on it. Um, the other problem with the bridge to the young guy, I don't know that the young guy's in this draft. At seven or in the second round or the third round. Well, I mean, they've done a pretty decent job of mining the later rounds when they were in New England. Brissett's not great, but at least he, you know, he's a serviceable quarterback, and you know, Jimmy G turned out pretty good for a later round pick. I think I think there is well, first of all, I, I do think that they felt Anthony Richardson as of two months ago was like a third round pick and that they'd love to get him in the third round. And now that's not the case anymore. And that's by the way, he's being mocked fourth, fifth. But fourth, fifth. Uh, two months ago, Anthony Richards was, was being rock, mocked in the fourth or fifth round. Right, I thought you were saying fourth or fifth. No, pick. and now it's now he his odds of being the number one overall pick have moved up yeah. significantly. AR fifteen is, is plus seven fifty. I did do. You can't call him that anymore. He doesn't like that. Uh, I did uh, release my first mock draft about three hours ago, and uh, Anthony Richardson going to the Raiders at number seven. But Ooh. I don't. I don't know that that happens. Here we go. It's just more how the board is going to fall. Like. If a guy like C.J. Stroud fell, maybe you go in that direction. I, I think that there's a couple of guys that they think could be second, third, even fourth-round picks, depending on how they test this week and how they interview this week, um, especially one that would be a medical issue um, that could fall. And I think that they would love to have him as their franchise quarterback of the future should they find a bridge quarterback, but it's a guy that might not be ready this year. So I, I think that that is a distinct possibility mm-hmm. as well. But there's a lot of moving pieces between now and the draft. And I'll also say there is a feeling in the building of, and I think it's in, in many buildings around the league, of, hey, morons in the media who are saying there's going to be four quarterbacks picked in the first eight, they're not. Like, multiple well, guys are going to fall. Are you one of the morons? Do you have four going in the top eight? Right, four in the top nine. What a nightmare. Yeah. I'm not one of the morons. I never believe that. Every year I want to play against whatever whatever the prevailing thought is about all these well, quarterbacks the, going in the first, the issue, I'm out on it. The issue now is that so many teams are quarterback needy, which has not always been the case in the past. There were lots of teams last year that were quarterback needy, and most of them showed really good discipline and just passing on guys and going, hey, if they're available in the second or third, then we'll take them. Yeah. We're not taking them in the first. We'll see how Kenny Pickett turns out. I still don't think well. I don't I don't think he's going to be worth you know a top 20 pick. Uh, 3 6 4 11, Caller 7, Mountain West Conference Tournament's coming up next week, both the men and the women. Uh, you can get your tickets at unlvtickets.com or go to the mw.com slash 2023. Single session tickets start as low as $25. Bucks. Uh, you can also get the uh, full sessions for the women for 75 and that would be really nice. Go support the Lady Rebels for all three of their games. Hopefully they play all three and win the tournament. But uh, unlvtickets.com is where you can get your tickets for it. The Mountain West Conference Tournament. Thomas and Mac, Thomas and Mac, Thomas and Mac. So easy to get to. Grab your tickets right now. Ari's got a pair for session six, which will be uh, – well, I'll have to look it up. I'll, I'll, I'll clarify what, what games they are. Uh, session six. Session six available. Call our seven, 364-1100. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve Cofield and at Adam Hill LVRJ. Or tweet the show at Cofield & Co. Timeouts. Bounce pass. I played it. Doesn't get it off. And UNLV with a near last second.
is a turnover and wins its 13th straight at home over Air Force. Now, back to Coalfield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. John Sadak, CBS Sportsnet on the call there as the uh, Rebels pull that one off. I don't even know how that happened. Well, it happened through good defense down the stretch and really good shot making. But, man, that was a crazy turnaround and switch of emotion. We'll get to the running Rebels in about 15 minutes. Brett Hundley, XFL quarterback with the Vipers in less than five. Man, I waited too long. Could look like a jackass right now. But I had it all teed up to talk about the Lakers and that awesome comeback against the Mavs. And, man, they have so much more depth now. They look like a team. They're playing some defense. They got backup bigs. They got guys who can shoot threes. And after the game, after they pull off the comeback from 27 down, what was the mark this year? I think 27 down teams were 0 and 138. So they came back. And they were getting blistered in the first half. They come back and win and against a team that they need to catch. So that's you know doubly good. But then after the game, you see LeBron limping around, and now there are reports that he may be out several weeks. Oh, boy. Yeah, indefinitely for right now. Uh, it looked, as he was making that move in the game yesterday, it looked a little uncomfortable for sure, and then he was able to play, but you saw him working on, working on him uh, on the sideline, and uh, obviously this is bad news for a team that looked like they were getting it together since, the, since redoing the roster on the trade deadline. I do think people need to kind of recalibrate when they talk about LeBron and what the Lakers are doing when he was healthy. I don't think people process or mention it enough. He is 38. Yeah. And he's having a monster season. Well, the uh, the optimist in me, the glass overflowing guy, I'm ready to bet uh, Dangerous Danny from uh, Jack of All Trades here at Lotus. Danny Smythe, Smith, Smythe, Smith. Which one? Smith, Smythe, Smythe. That's what I think, too. I always hear him call Smith. Uh, Smythe. Uh, Danny threw out there. Well, there goes the playoffs. I'll bet him. I'll bet him. God, I was hoping they were going to make it all the way up to like the six and stay out of that stupid play-in. But he just said make the playoffs, right? That means got to be in, in the, the 10 spot, 9 spot, you're in. I'll bet it. Well, I'll bet it. the technicality would be the play-in tournament is not the playoffs. It's the playoffs. I think you have to win the play-in tournament to be in the playoffs. You know, I want to see what books consider the playoffs. It's fair. Because I haven't made any bets, you know, won't make, will make the playoffs. Is it the field of eight or is it the field of ten? I mean, it's eight, but I'd... But yeah, text someone. Text one of your sportsbook buddies. Let's sure. find out what uh, will make the playoffs is. Is it making the eight or making the ten? It might be why it's not on the board. Well, it's not It's not on the board right now, I'm guessing, because there's a little bit of a confusion zone here. Let's get some clarification on how long he's out. That's sure. a hard number to post if he's like, you know, he's out significantly. I mean, I saw weeks, but it could come back tomorrow. Like, hey, he's out until Friday. That kind of changes things. Sure. Want the skinny on UNLV football? Listen to the weekly UNLV All Access podcast with Cofield and Caleb Herring. A new episode drops each Thursday morning at UNLV All Access on Twitter. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. No break in the football world, right? Never. We were all ready to talk draft for the next couple months, but we've got the Spring League. The XFL is back a couple games in. The uh, Vipers, our Vegas team, interesting game over the weekend. And, you know, one of the members of the squad is Brett Hundley, longtime quarterback in the NFL, of course, from UCLA. And he's up with Steve Cofield and Adam Hill. How are you, sir? How's it going? How's it going? Thanks for having me on. 
we're good. We're good. I, I want to talk about the game a little bit in a couple minutes, but uh, just talk about this opportunity to play some football in the spring. Oh man, it's it's uh, it's been awesome. You know, I came in uh, a little bit towards the end of everything, so uh, just been sort of nonstop catching up and uh, getting up to speed on everything. But uh, it's fun to get out there and play some football. Um, you know, been in the league for quite a while, been and and been in a backup role. So uh, you know, it's, it's crazy. I, I actually I'm happy waking up and uh, feeling a little sore, body's a little injured. <laughs> but um, you know, it's, it's crazy to say it, but it feels good. As you mentioned, you've you've been you know playing football, a lot of practice, you know preseason games, all those things. But to be in a competitive environment again, just what what did that feel like? Was there jitters going on on the field? Uh, you know what's crazy? I I felt <laughs> I felt rather calm. I sort of thought I would have a lot more uh, nerves and stuff like that before the game and going in. Um, but you know, I, I I feel like I've been doing this dang thing for so long and. <laughs> Uh, the opportunity's always been right there, but um, so when I went in, I, I didn't feel nervous. You know, it took a while to get sort of uh, get my bearings and get uh, adjusted. And after the first hit, I mean, it's sort of like your, your instincts kick in again. And uh, it wasn't until after the game I was like, "Damn, all right, just play the first game for a while." <laughs> you, uh, you know, obviously the offensive numbers weren't what you guys wanted from the game, but it seemed like particularly in the first half, uh, your first couple of drives, there were some plays that were right there, like you, you just oh. barely didn't connect, right? So. How frustrating was that to just be so close to make it to big plays? Yeah, that you know, and that's that's the big thing. You know, sometimes on offense, you're right there, and and the good thing for us is we were right there. You know, so so it's not like there wasn't. You know, obviously, you know, we want some things back, we want some plays back, but um, we're close. And and I think as we get more timing and rhythm as an offense and uh, together, and I, you know, even me being out there with these guys. You know, this is the first probably the first week that I'll have the opportunity to really get all the reps and and really get going with the guys. So um, I think it'll be a huge opportunity, and I think uh, we'll make that small small uh, jump that we need to really get over the hump to really execute on uh, and and make those big plays. The voice of Brett Hundley plays for the Vipers, longtime NFL. Uh, quarterback uh, been around quite a different uh, quite a lot of different organizations and teams so uh, we're talking about what happened on Saturday over at Cashman Field with the Vipers and you guys go into into the locker room at halftime you come out it looks like it's a monsoon going on like what how how stunned were you that you just came out back on the field and said what is this you know what's crazy everybody said it was supposed to rain and we were warming up pregame and it was beautiful I mean it was it was like I mean you know it's a little Damp in the sky, but like it was beautiful. I was like, all right, I, I can do this. this. This ain't bad at all. And then uh, first half win, and I was like, all right, still ain't bad. And we came out the second half, man, and it was like a a, a tsunami was coming through. Um, rain was flying just left to right, and the wind was. I mean, it was it was it was crazy. But um, it is football, and you still got to play. So uh, you know, it, it it it's hard. You know, it becomes hard to throw the ball a little bit in that. But uh, we, we <laughs> I tell you this, we tried our best, man. <laughs> Uh, for sure. Well, uh, one of, one of the issues, and I obviously I'm not asking you to you know criticize the guys up front that take care of you, but it's it's been a, a little bit of an adjustment for the offensive line to come together, right? Like this is a it's a work in progress. It's a there's communication things that have to be worked out. There's a, a, an offensive line is a tough thing to develop, and there wasn't a whole lot of time to do it. So, how close do you think those guys are getting to where they need to be? Oh, I, I think I think they're 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 right there. Um, you know, uh, Coach Wiley, uh, Khalil. Uh, all our guys up front, man, they are amazing at what they're doing. And even even that game, man, they played they played their their asses. Off. I mean, butts off, you know. Um, I'll say I'll say it, <laughs> but they they played they played so well. And um, you know, it, it is one of those things. 
just like a quarterback going in and trying to mess with the receivers, uh, it takes time. And, you know, uh, with, with the XFL, it's a fast-hitting league because you only get a month um, uh, in there to, to get these guys jailed. And, and you're right, you know, offensive line is one of those things um, that, that does take a while. But, you know, for all of us, it's sort of just like we're thrown in there and it's time to rock. So uh, all of them really, really, man, I, I love them all. And uh, they, they, I mean, busted their butt for me. That is uh, the voice of Brett Hundley plays here for the Vegas Vipers. There's a, there's another quarterback from Las Vegas uh, that just had a pretty good career uh, at UCLA in in DTR, a guy that uh, we know we know very well. Uh, you had you you made your mark on the record books down there, and so did he. What what were your thoughts on him as a player in his career down at uh, UCLA, the uh, the Gorman alum? Oh man, I'm so happy for him. Uh, so happy, um, and 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 just because of the things that he was able to overcome. The, uh, I mean, you know, uh, going into UCLA and, and, and picking that team and um, and making us uh, uh, another, you know, uh, another. I mean, we we were especially this past year, we we did really good, and I was I was sort of just watching from afar, and it was awesome to see the the development that even he had from his first year to now, and you could tell as he matured and got better and better and better, the team even evolved with him, and uh, that's why I think uh, UCLA did so well this year, um, and you know, he was a big part of that. You uh. You went to the combine in what, 2015? Yeah, man, I'm old. Don't date me, man. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just pointing it out because, I mean, it is a wild circus that is going on. I think it's oh. bigger and bigger every year. What are those guys? There's a, a bunch of quarterbacks look, looking at the top of the draft this year. What are those guys going through this week? Man, I, I, I'll, I'll be very frank here. The combine was one of the craziest experiences because – I, 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 I promise you not, and I, I'm not here to lie on any. but I think I ate one time, and it was a chicken salad, and the whole time I was at the Combine, because you wake up, and you're waking up at like 4 a.m. to either do drug tests or, the, you know, the, some type of physical maxing out on something or going to throw or something like that, and then the meetings, the train station, as they call it, goes until like 11 p.m. at night, and then in between that, you're trying to run to the, the you know, usually they set up your, your training will set up like right, you know, uh, the hotel over and you're trying to run to that and go, you know, get some, get some uh, treatment in and stuff like that. It's, it is probably one of the craziest things. Um, and uh, it's not, I wouldn't say it's like a fun thing, but it's something that, you know, you're, you're, you're happy to go to and you're happy to compete in, but uh, it is, it is, it is pretty crazy, man. It's so crazy that we're we're just reading about Bryce Young this week. Who there's some questions about his size, and there's some speculation he's going to weigh in a lot heavier than people think. But he's not going to work out. But then he's going to work out, but not weigh in at his pro day. And that he put on some artificial weight the last two weeks, but he hasn't been working out. And then he's going to work out, but then not, but then not weigh in at his pro day because he'll lose weight when he works out. This is nuts. But this is kind of what has to be done now, right? Yeah, it's crazy because like. I mean, it's like, it's it's like, I mean, when you're at the combine, it's, it's like cattle, you know, it's like everybody's out there and you're trying to have the best performance and you're trying to show everybody that you can do this and that. And, um, you know, for him, I, I you know, I think it's smart. She, uh, drink all the milk and bulk up and weigh in and then, um, you know, get it all off and look good when you're working out at your pro day. But you really do have to play because you got to think too, like if he does weigh in less than what he's supposed to or anything like that, like he gets the docked because of it so in all intents and purposes i you know it's, it's, you have to do it <laughs> Dev, you know that's an interesting comment though if he weighs in less than he's supposed to does it makes that much of a difference if he weighs 201 versus 192 it's crazy to me See, I, 
I, it's crazy, but that ten pounds, man. Because then oh you know, if, if you, it, I can imagine for GMs and scouts, if you're underweight, you know, you got to think of durability. You got to think of how long you can last at the NFL plant. And these guys who are massive, you know, monsters, yet being two uh, over two hundred, you know, then okay, maybe he can last, you know, and, and his body can hold up. It, it, I'm telling you, but it's when you got you got to think when you, these guys are investing millions of dollars in these these young kids and uh, and, and men. I mean, they go to every detail they could possibly find to make sure they're making the right the right pick or choice. Are NFL offenses at the point now where they're better equipped to run things for a guy who is five nine or five ten? Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, obviously Drew Brees is a great quarterback to lead, but now you got Kyler Murray. You got, I mean, there's there's all types of quarterbacks. I mean, Russell Wilson. I think all these. I think the guys have really evolved, especially quarterback wise, to. Not allow height to be a huge thing. Now, you know, de- defenses statistically are getting so much better with keeping their hands up, batting passes, and stuff like that. But you see all the time. I mean, Kyler is freaking slinging it around out there, and um, you know he's doing great. So um, I think I think offenses have evolved. I think schemes have evolved to sort of benefit uh, those kind of quarterbacks. So I'm actually looking back. It's Brett Hundley on the phone with us from the uh, Vipers. They got a game coming up Saturday over at Cashman Field. Uh, I'm looking back at uh, your combine numbers and the tweets that were being sent during uh, ah. during the combine. It was actually very complimentary, okay, though. Okay, good. It was very complimentary. <laughs> they were impressed with hey, what you were doing out there. Uh, I'm, I'm telling you, I appreciate it. You uh, <laughs> you did uh, you did when you joined the league. You were with the Packers and uh, you were playing around Aaron Rodgers. You filled in the year uh, year he got hurt and was was uh, shut down. I talked to you a couple weeks ago. You said that the darkness retreat that Aaron Rodgers was going on, you would do it. Now, we do know now that he did not make it all the way through. He left oh, really? early. He left really? early. Do you, are, if, if he can't make it through that, is that still something you would think about doing, going in the dark for four days? Absolutely. I, I, I would try. Look, I'm all about experiences. And I don't. I'm not going to sit here and say I can make it four days because that's a lot. That's a lot of darkness. I ain't gonna <laughs> lie, man. I'm, I, I, I don't think I could do that. But I could for sure. Maybe I, I guess I would have to reassess after the first day. I just I don't know what they could do in pure darkness for for four days, but I'm sure it's a lot of sleeping and meditating. Did, when you were around him, did he ask you a lot of weird questions? I know we've heard a lot about that. That he just makes people want to think. Oh man, yeah, Aaron is, is one of the smartest guys I've ever been around, honestly. And I say that in a very like true way. Like Aaron, we talked from I mean football to conspiracy theories to life after like just a multitude of, of topics, but he, he's so smart that he literally thinks of everything. And, and, you know, if he, if he believes in something, he's going to know why he believes in it. So, um, you know, we, we talked about just about everything you could probably imagine under the sun. Do you believe in conspiracy theories? Do you have a couple that you, you're like on board with, man, you know, I, I, I'm not lying. I probably like ran through so many different conspiracy theories, <laughs> especially being around Aaron, but, um, I can't. It's hard to say, man, because you know you got the YouTube freaking universities oh, yeah. that just make it seem like it's so <laughs> true, and then there's you know obviously there's the, the event that actually it's just it's just a lot to process, honestly. So half the time I'm like it could be true, but it could not be true, you know. So it's Br- like I, you never know. Brett, you've been around long enough. People don't know how to shut up. Like conspiracy theories can't happen because nobody can keep secrets yeah. that long. That exactly. That's that's another reason why I'm like, man, look if. With social media now and, and the day and age that we have and people with their phones, like it's it would be damn near impossible to pull over some stuff like, you know, some of these conspiracy theories are saying. 
I mean, I mean, maybe before the telephone and stuff like, or the, the iPhone and the photos and stuff and social media, but but now, no, it's, 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 it would be too hard. Unless you pay a lot of people off. The game three for the Vipers is on Saturday against Seattle, uh, four o'clock start. You want to get out to Cashman? Grab your tickets at Ticketmaster.com. They start as low as twenty-five bucks, and we're talking to Brett Hundley, quarterback for the Vipers. Uh, let's actually close on this. You just, you know, you mentioned you like adventures. I was looking at your Twitter account, which is at Brett Hundley Seven. Um, you do have the uh, link to the Hundley Foundation. So, what are you doing with your foundation? Oh man, thank you for asking. Um, man, the, the foundation has been going for. For man, about three three years now, but uh, it actually started. Uh, my sister Paris was diagnosed with epilepsy when uh, she was about ten. I was about nine, and um, we we never, you know, she, growing up with it, she had to stop track. A, a lot of difficulties. Her shoulders, both of them, were dislocated over a hundred times. Um, and and I mean, it was, it was it's crazy. But uh, we we started the foundation really because of her, and and for her to be able to share her story, and then for others that are going through the same things her that she went through to be able to be heard and and know that they have a voice in things and and um, we started the Honey Foundation and it's really based in epilepsy but um, our mission statement is uh, is um, to to take care of children and family in needs and so we do a lot of things even not only specifically related to epilepsy but even outside so uh, Rick Harrison actually is one of our probably I mean I call him the face of the foundation he he's an awesome guy for us he's actually and really, I would say we're based in Vegas, which is ironic because uh, he does his event every year, the Poker Run. Uh, this is year eight, and uh, it benefits the Hunley Foundation. We actually just had our first uh, Poker Run, which he went to and uh, did for us in Arizona. Uh, actually, last it was the day of our first game, <laughs> the day of our very first game, February 18th. We we had the game and the Poker Run, and it was in Arizona. It was a huge turnout. We had uh, about 500 bikers there, and uh, Rick was there, and um just just an amazing guy and um you know we're, we're grateful we've been growing a lot but um just just really trying to give back to the community and and, and do right and the things that was done to us as we've grown up very nice uh, hunleyfoundation.org we'll close out on a lighter note uh adam and i have an agenda when we come on the air we don't speak about it but um we both believe that athletes today are better than athletes of the past. I don't even understand how there's much of an argument. Well, here's yeah. the thing. When you retweet something, I feel like it's an endorsement, and you retweeted ha-ha Clinton Dick saying, LeBron James is the best player to pick up a basketball, and then said, argue with your mama. Um, <laughs> so I think I'm understanding I, I, I that LeBron is awesome. Say this. Yes. LeBron, is to me, is the best of all time. Yep. And I'll argue with anybody over that. I, look, LeBron is the best of all time. I, I love Kobe. I love Michael. But... For me, LeBron is the best. I, I watched the game against Dallas with the big comeback, and I, I every time he made a basket, and a lot of them were just like, hey, I'm getting to the basket, and I'm going to make a layup, and you can try to stop me, but you're not. And every time I watch yeah, that, no I way. think of fans who are like, that's all he does. Well, then stop him. Like, he's 6'8", <laughs> exactly. two, 260, and he can go anywhere he wants, and no one yeah. can stop him. At 38. Yeah, I, I, he's 38. And, and, there's not, and, there's not, and you're absolutely right. Like, I... It's hard to say, and I, you know, there's all respect for all the athletes in the past, but like just the science that's behind what we're doing with the athletes nowadays is, I mean, unreal. Some of these, some of these guys. I mean, LeBron James, clear example. I mean, these dudes freaking thing are 40 years old, putting up 40 on people every game. Yeah, and it's and it's like, you know, and I'll always come back because I'm older and I respect guys from the 80s, even back to the 70s. And I'll say, you know, if they if they took the game as seriously, if they had the training, if they had the you know the advances, I think a lot of guys 
would be fine. Like a lot of the greats oh, would yeah. be fine. They didn't have that advantage. But there are others you watch and you're like, man, that guy would have had a tough. Like I don't, I don't think people realize in the yeah. NBA, especially how freaking good like the tenth, eleventh, twelfth, thirteenth guy is, especially now because yeah. it's an international game. Yes, yeah, like it's worldwide, and I mean, you got yeah. I mean that that alone just speaks speaks volumes because it's it's just such a crazy. The athletes nowadays are just. It's it, the the difficulty level is very very. I mean it's it's very very high. I would say Pat Mahomes would have won ten Super Bowls in the seventies. I'm going to say Brett Hundley in the fifties would have won ten championships. There we go. Can I do that? There now? we go. Can I do hey, that? That's what I'm talking about right there. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> that's we'll what see, I'm talking about. We'll see you out of the stadium. That was a good ass kiss at the end <laughs> on my part. But I really appreciate the time. Thank you so much. All right, you guys appreciate it, man. Was that way off? Could he win ten championships in the fifties? I would say eight or nine. Okay. I mean, is there other guys from now going back there? It's just him. Uh, just him. I just I, wi- I wish the the third and fourth stringers in the NFL in this era could be put in their you know their current form and skill set and play in the fifties. I think it would it would be amazing. I mean, I mean the game. I, I don't know. Be, I don't know how you deal so with like, calling the game. It'd be so well, boring. But, just what, they'd be too good. Yeah, they would just dominate. Oh, there's old heads freaking out right now. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve Cofield and at Adam Hill LVRJ or tweet the show at Cofield and Co. Cofield and Company presents Grab Bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. Well, I can't remember where I see you. Around town, you were. Were you at the UNLV game on Friday night? The uh, basketball and men's game. Yes. Okay. What do you think against Air Force? Uh, result was good. It was. Last nine seconds were good. My lord, what a game! Was it bad offense or were the defenses that good? Don't say a little of both. Put put give one one credit or blame I think, the I other. I think there was some bad offense. I think there was some bad offense too. I actually thought uh, Harkless in the first half was I think three, too much. three for 10 and 0 for 6 from 3. I actually thought a lot of the threes he took were good threes. They were just a little bit off. Um, the A lot of their offense was just over-dribbling. Like trying to beat guys off the dribble. And Air Force, you know, you, they actually played some pretty decent man. They used a little bit of zone, but I thought their hands were really active. Um, but then on the flip side, Air Force had, they, I mean, horrendous turnovers for an Air Force team. Yeah, they have. They actually they have talent. I, I said during the game during one of the sideline reports, I'm like, this is going to be an upper half of the league team if, if I'm talking next year, if their sophomores will stay around because you know at Air Force once you get two years in that third year you stay, the obligation really kicks in. Yeah, you you are staying and you are now you know a member of the Air Force for a long time. Yeah, so I, they have to keep those guys around. But I like their collection of freshmen and sophomores. Yeah, and I thought Harkless, in addition to the missing some shots, like I thought he tried to do a little bit too much and yep. was turning the ball over a little bit. So, um, yeah, and sometimes that—that's not sometimes. That's kind of what Air wow. Force and other teams like that do is try to make you do too much. They're suffering from a bit of a you know a role crisis because without Luis Rodriguez, offensively, that means Keyshawn Gilbert has to step up, and I think Keyshawn's lost his confidence. He's he's one of the guys who over dribbles. He won't. He won't fire open threes, so they got to get him back to that point. And then you're right. I, I think Harkless has been doing that for the last five, you know, four or five weeks. Like just he just looks around. He's like, hey, if no one's going to go, I'm going to go. And at, luckily, 
at the end of the game, they kept it close enough that he was able to get two old-fashioned three-point plays just because he's so good off the dribble. And then I don't know how they I don't know how they got the steal. Eight mm-hmm. seconds left. They're down one. I mean, it's an obvious situation. You get the ball in. Air Force is going to get fouled. They probably make both free throws. You're going to have to make a three. And then they freaking threw the ball away because Jackie Johnson was able to tip it. They get it up on the rim, and then it's just time you know, to go attack. And Harkless at 6-3 got up there and put it back. Yeah. Winner. I mean, the, the results are what matters in the end, and yeah. they'll take the result. Uh, believe me, they've been on the wrong side in a lot of close games of these 50-50 you know, coin flip games. So they yeah. had to get one of them to go their way. I think for the most part you take – Process over result. Like I think you'd rather play well yeah. and you know well, get it together. But in this case, they need a win, and they got it. They needed it. Yeah, screw process. They needed it. Yeah, just to um, bounce back emotionally. So final two games of the year, we'll be here against Utah State. Very good team. Really good shooting team. I don't think they're great defensively. So they, I. But we'll see how they have back. I don't know if Luis Rodriguez is going to be back. I don't know what Parquet can give them the rest of the way. And then at Nevada, which would be a really good opportunity to kind of screw up Nevada's uh, seeding in the Mountain West Conference Tournament and, you know, potentially, yeah, I don't think they can derail them for making the NCAAs, but at least spoil the party up there on Saturday. Well, they don't want to derail them. They want them in. Uh, but also, I have I have a really out-of-context question to ask you before we get out of here. Do it. What did the linebacker say to the flight attendant? I don't know, Adam. Put me in, coach. Linebacker say to the put me. Well, it's put me in coach. Put me in coach. But your delivery was terrible. Yeah, but it's put me in coach because it's a sports reference.